Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, this is a very important question for all of my Smash fans. Team Ivy or Team Karen? And if you're Team Karen, get out. Oh my god, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my god, guys. Did you hear? Oh my god, guys. Did you hear? Oh my god, did you hear? Oh my god, did you hear? What's up, everybody? My name is Jake Workman, and this is Oh My Pod, you guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. You guys, this week I thought it'd be really fun, before we dive into the, you know, fabulous Broadway World recap, I thought it'd be fun to update you on a few things that are going on in my life and in the world of theater. I just had the pleasure and privilege to stand by for the role of Mary Sunshine in Chicago the Musical on Broadway for the month of June, and it was absolutely amazing. I love, love, love this show, and I love everyone in the building at Chicago the Musical. And it's always so fun to get to revisit the show and to have, you know, just so many beautiful friends welcome me back every time, every time I'm there. I got to do my very first Broadway understudy run, which was amazing. All of the understudies in the show got to try their hand at doing, doing their lead understudy roles. Um, and some of them, you know, have done it in actual performances many times, but others have only ever done it in a run-through. So it was really fun to see how that worked, and I just had a blast. You guys, the month of June was truly kooky, spooky, crazy, scary, busy. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm so, so immensely grateful to be busy and to have things going on, but oh my lordy, I was kind of losing my mind. I was standing by at Chicago, which was obviously a thrill. Um, but I was also working on a recording of a new musical called Figaro, which is so exciting. And the music is absolutely stuntina. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear this record that we've worked so hard on. It's, it's going to be so fun. And I'm also now working on a reading slash, you know, workshop of a new musical called A Wrinkle in Time um, with music by Heather Christian. And you guys, it's going to be crazy. I'm going to Poughkeepsie, New York to do the New York Stage and Film Festival um, with this workshop of Wrinkle in Time. And you guys, when I tell you, it is the hardest music I have ever learned. 
and Heather knows it. She she does not shy away from the fact that like she has written some crazy bonkers music. It's so stunning and so complex. I cannot wait to share with you guys the the final product. I mean, the beautiful thing about doing a workshop for a new musical is that they're not really concerned with the polish and and you know reaching an end goal. This is really. Um, supposed to be about the growth and development of their show and to be able to see the full arc of it. Um, so I'm so excited for it. I can't wait. I'll I'll keep you updated from, from Poughkeepsie. I mean, there are some really incredible people attached to this project. Katrina Lenk is going to be in the show. I just, I, I'm so excited. So more on that soon. And now, you guys, we got to dive into this week's Broadway World Recap, brought to you by my amazing partners at BroadwayWorld.com. You guys, it was just announced that Jessica Hendy, friend of the pod, we know her well, she's getting a cast album for her production of Walking with Bubbles Off-Broadway. I cannot tell you how... You're not ready. This cast recording is going to be sickening. Her vocals are insanity. And you're going to love it. I'm so, so excited. I have no idea when it's actually going to be coming out, but um, just the fact that it was announced is... I'm I'm so beyond excited. So get ready to have your ears filled with Miss Jessica Hendy's fabulous voice. Ah. Next, we have to talk about the new Broadway production of Back to the Future, the musical, who just had their very first preview at the Winter Garden. You guys, I am so excited about this show. I have many friends in the show and I have heard some incredible things. I mean, even just about the technical elements of the show, the DeLorean, like, I cannot wait to see it with my own eyes. I think this show is going to be like a sleeper hit, you guys. Like, people are not ready for what Back to the Future is going to bring to Broadway. So congrats on a first preview for everybody at the Winter Garden. I cannot wait to come see you. I'm hoping to be there opening night. So buckle up. Next, you guys, we just got a first look at the production of Chess at the Muni, starring none other than Jessica Bosk, Jared Spector, Taylor, Louderman. I mean, you guys, this cast is bonkers, but we got a first look at the opening number, I believe, and this looks insane. The set alone looks like something they've never done on the Muni stage. If you don't know, the Muni is in St. Louis, Missouri, and it's this ginormous, like, 14,000-seat outdoor amphitheater and so they're known for creating these ginormous productions where like you have to do like jazz runs just to cross the stage in like a count of eight it's absurd um but this cast and this particular show i think are bringing something really new and fresh to the muni so i so wish that i could get out there and see the show but i guess i will just have to stay tuned for more production photos and video on broadwayworld.com and lastly, you guys, I am so beyond excited to share that it was just announced that the role of Celine Dion in Titanic Off-Broadway will now be played by Miss Jackie Burns. Y'all, this is insane. This casting, I mean, genius, first of all, but also I'm just, I'm so obsessed with this show. And I think that Jackie Burns is the perfect Broadway diva to take over this role. She's going to obviously slay the vocals, but Jackie has this like unique ability to emulate other people. And she's so, she's so quick and smart. I just think she is going to be an amazing improvisational performer in this type of show. And so 
I'm so excited to see it. She starts this month, July. So we got to head on down to the dear old Roth and climb aboard. And you guys, this has been the Broadway World Recap. Oh my pod, you guys. I am so excited to welcome my next guest to the show. He is a Broadway performer, a teacher, an award-winning playwright, and he is currently on tour with the Broadway revival of Into the Woods. Please welcome Mr. Jason Forbach. Welcome to the show. Hello, <laughs> Hello darling. How are you? I am so good. I'm in sunny California, and every day it's like bliss, so I'm just like basking in the, in the sunlight. Oh my god, tell me, how long have you been in California? Uh, we were in San Francisco before here, so several weeks, and then we have like three more weeks left of the whole tour, and then this whole journey comes to a crazy end, which I can't believe, but yeah, like the last two months in, L- in California has, is a dream. That's amazing. Yeah, so so we I mentioned it just when I introduced you, but you are currently on tour with Into the Woods. Tell me, mm-hmm. what was your road to this show? First, you know, they did the iteration at City Center, then it went to Broadway, mm-hmm. and now this national tour. I mean, like, you've been doing this for a, for a hot minute. For a hot minute. I mean, yeah, we were thinking about it. Like, coming close to, like, a year and a half when this was initially a two-week concert. Right. How that happened. I mean, I guess that's why with the tour coming to the end, we can't believe it because it's like, oh, yeah, it's just a two-week concert. Okay, now we're transferring. Now it's <laughs> now it's extended on Broadway. It's extended again. You know, now it's a tour. So we, we keep waiting for, but um, no, this is officially the end. The journey with this has been overwhelming. Um, it, it, I, I, I really don't know... It, it changed my entire life. Like, I really don't even know how to quantify it. But um, it all came out of thin air. Uh, you know, I had known that this the city center thing was happening. I had gotten, like, the little flyer in the mail with Heather Headley's <laughs> photo on it. And I was like, work, I'm going. Yes. I, I want to see that thing. And, um, and I didn't even, you know, city center is not really known for because it's so brief and they have all these stars they don't really have covers or swings or standbys and um so i think in that covid era coming out of the pandemic the omicron wave they were like okay we need some coverage here and i didn't even know they were looking so casting and my agents had had some conversations and they sent some tapes over and i had done into the woods in sacramento in 2009 Mm -hmm. And so I think having swung shows before and having done the show before and knowing people like I, I, I was on the elliptical, babe. Yeah. And people were like, <laughs> they were like, so you're on hold for Into the Woods. And I truly was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> They're like, the, just jogging. <laughs> what are you talking about? And they're like, for the one at City Center, I was like, what are you talking about? And so they kind of broke it all down and they're like, don't, don't schedule anything. And then, you know, uh, I was like, so what am I doing? And they're like, well, you're standing by for, um, you know, the male roles in, um, in Into the Woods. And I was like, well, which ones? And they kept saying, like, all. All. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean all? Like, what are, you, what are you talking about all? You know, it's like that Jennifer Lawrence thing. She's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? It was very... Yeah, fully crying. It was very that, uh, and that, that that's what they meant. And so that was how that was my entry point. Um, scared shitless, but we did the damn thing, and that's how it all began. 
Wow. Incredible. And look at you now out on the road in California. I mean, <laughs> you you are well versed in in, you know, being on stage and traveling and doing the tour thing. But I feel like this is a particular show because you are with such incredible company. I mean, the mm. the performers that you get to do this show with. I mean, you know, we can talk about like Stephen Sondheim and everything for, for sure. forever. But to oh, get him. to do a oh, show, him. oh, just <laughs> Steve. But you know, to do a show as important and beautiful and you know iconic as this, but with people like Stephanie J. Block mm-hmm. and Gavin Creel mm-hmm. and just, mm-hmm. I mean, what is it like? Are you? Are you, is it old hat for you or are you, there are moments where you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like I would imagine yes. that it's kind of insane. Yes. I, the initial insanity. It's funny because so Mary Kate Moore is a dear friend of mine. She was the female standby at city center and she had actually swung the fiasco theater company's national tour. So she's, she was my calm center mm-hmm. uh, in this whole thing. She's like, you'll get there. You'll get there. You know, don't have a panic attack quite yet. Uh, but <laughs> not, not she, yet. yeah, like as, as time had gone on and, and, and for Sarah Burrell's, for example, I mean, talk about someone that inspires all of us is just a goddess and a genius and watching her work. There was, a, but there was a certain point where they become these icons become your friends And she was kind of, I don't know, sitting there and playing with her dog or eating potato chips. And Kate said to me, she was like, I think I've forgotten that she, you know, you start putting these people in different file folders in your brain. You're like, remember, like, she's, she's like a mega recording artist. I'm like, yeah, I don't, (laughs) I've had to stop thinking about that part where you're like, (laughs) she's this amazing person that we go to work with every day. But uh, to be honest, Initially, it was beyond overwhelming because there were so many of them. Right. And then there was something about the quality of, of, of their characters collectively and to have there be so many of them and to have them be all good people. And there are not always good people in the room. Absolutely. And... These are all, I, 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 it sounds, it sounds like a, a, a bullshit or something, but they were all, they are all content. They have nothing to prove. They are egoless. They bring top tier work ethic and creative prowess and skill, and they make room for everyone. It's like this wow. tiered system that I've spent 20 years being in where I'm like, okay, they're up there and I'm down here and I'll stay in my corner. This was the first time where I was like, I have never felt seen, uh, included, appreciated, and um, and whatever we would do, they're like, yeah, yeah, more of that. Bring bring more of that. Uh-huh. And I was like, bring more of what? Just whatever is me. It, it was a, it was an artistic, spiritual awakening because these were all my idols, and then and then they're your teachers, and then they're your right. friends. It's. It is a it is a blessing that I wish upon every artist to have that opportunity, yeah. because my God, it, it's it's just like to me it was school. It was school. It was like getting yeah. my PhD, PhD in like theater icon fierceness. I, I don't know. Well, and how interesting too. I mean, you know, 
obviously there is something to be said for people like that of that you know quote unquote caliber or that mm-hmm. you know notoriety but it's not as if you were just brand new green walking in not having done anything <laughs> yourself you like you said you've been in this industry for quite some time you are yes. very well established and obviously extremely talented and sought after as a performer so it's it's funny that and and kind of i guess refreshing to hear that someone who has been doing it for so long and who has such an extensive list of credits and experience can still feel like, okay, yeah, but I'm like, you know, here on the totem pole below this, Mm -hmm. that, and the other Mm -hmm. person. It's just, it's funny that we sort of put ourselves in those, those boxes and positions sometimes because it's like, oh no, no, I got cast in the same show Mm -hmm. as you. (laughs) We're all here doing it. We're creating something together, (laughs) but that's so exciting to hear that all of them have been so, so wonderful to work with. Oh my God! Beyond, beyond. I, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I've just always been a. I, I am grateful and proud to say that I've just been a. Not just. I've been a working actor. I, mm-hmm. I feel like I think of myself as like a workhorse. You get in there, you do the thing. I mean, I've been a, a cover. I've played the lead. I've been a swing. I've assisted director. You know, like you kind of do all the things. You're behind right. the table. You whatever. Uh, you figure out, and so I'm just like, okay, this is all like a wheel, and I'm this cog, and let's do it. But I've always been in service of shows that have been bigger than all of us, and I put in really um, eye-rolly quotes, <laughs> where it's like, you know, it, um, where it's about serving a brand. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, this, this is sounding negative, and I'm not meaning it to be that. Oh, no, no, but this I is know a, what you mean. You know what I mean? And this is the first time that people are pointing to me and saying what do you what do you want to add to this creation mm-hmm. and my god it just woke me up it woke me up Incredible. it woke my heart up it woke my spirit up and yeah there uh, i i can't thank this cast i mean it was like yeah, can you imagine a world where Heather Headley like throws her shoe at you and is like, <laughs> you know what i mean like and you're just like, oh okay all right you know, you know. and, and <laughs> And you're working with Gavin, and you're like, you're looking at each other in a corner of eye, and you're like, okay, okay, so you're going to do, you're going to do that, and I'm going to do that. Okay, okay. You're, 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 you're partners in a thing. And Silly. these were people that I looked up to my whole, I mean, Gavin and, and Brian Darcy James were the, the voices for me that I was like, I want to be like them. Of course. You know? That, that hands down, without a doubt. Wow. You know? And, and now and you're so. on the boards next to them. <laughs> Come on. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, I, I had the pleasure of seeing the show um, in its Broadway run. Um, but I'm so glad that audiences across the country are getting to see it because it's it's a special yeah. thing. It's different than um, a typical national tour where, you know, there are these like incredible people who originate the roles and then over time and over time iterations of casting happen and you know not to say that these casts aren't incredible um, out on tour but it's a different vibe to see the exact you know these people who Mm -hmm. were put into the show on broadway then get to reprise their roles across the country it's so cool and um not as common anymore it used to be that tours were the way to uh, you know, advertise for a Broadway run, and now it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. You open on Broadway and then hope that it is a commercial hit so that you can 
send it out on the road and make money. But you are yeah. no stranger to national tours, as far as right. I know. You have mm-hmm. done Les Mis on tour. You were mm-hmm. part of the Vegas company of Phantom of the Opera. I'm mm-hmm. dying mm-hmm. to hear about Phantom because I am a slut for that show. Oh, and let's talk about it. Oh my god, my first, <laughs> my first Broadway show I ever saw, and um. Oh, me yeah. too. I, well, no, not first. But it was like the first tour, like when I was like maybe 10 or 11. It was yes. like the first big production thing when it, I grew up in Kansas City. So when it came through, I was, I was just asked that recently. And I was like, I think it was Phantom or Cats or something. But you I remember grew up being in like Kansas a City? Yeah. I grew up in Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Jesus. How did, how did we not know that? I was like, wait oh, that's a second. Amazing. When it came through, you mean Bartle Hall, the musical? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my wow. God. Midwestern babies. Yeah. Overland Park, Leewood. Come Jeez, on, Overland <laughs> oh, The listeners are like, who the fuck? What are you fucking talking about? I don't know where this is. Well. No, maybe they will because I'm surprised at how many kids from there go into this yes. business. Okay, because I saw that you went to... Now Now we're just gabbing. Now I, I'm yeah, completely yeah, yeah, yeah. off the rails. But um, I saw that you went to school in Columbia. Yeah, University of Missouri, which is like my family's alma mater. And yeah. I mean, I initially went because it has a... It's like a world-renowned journalism school. I yes. went there initially as a journalism major. Mm-hmm. I was a photojournalist. I was there for the first few years. Got into the J School and started working for the Columbia Missourian. I was a photographer for that newspaper. Yes. And I was like, um, not this. And so then <laughs> I kind of like switched gears and I was and I auditioned for the music school, which it is not known for. But let me tell you, it was a spectacular music school. It like gave me incredible tools. But I auditioned as a pianist because I had been like a little budding concert pianist all through growing up. And then I sang and I ended up getting more scholarship money singing than the play piano. And I was like, Oh, okay. I guess Work, diva. <laughs> I was, I was like, what is, what does that mean? Yikes. I've been like <laughs> playing piano for years. Uh, and I was like, I guess that's what I'm going to do. And so then I switched, I switched gears. And then I, I went to Boston for getting my master's in opera. And then I started working for opera companies. And I also was like, not this. And then came to New York. So it was like kind of a really winding, long winded journey. But yeah, it all began in Columbia, Missouri, baby. Wow. Columbia, Missouri. Look at yeah. us. <laughs> oh, Midwest Queens Two representing. Kansas City girls. Oh, <laughs> I remember I I grew up in Lawrence and I did lots of theater as a kid in Kansas City. And I remember when my mom moved us to Hi mom, I know you're listening. Um I, when my mom moved Hi, us mom. to Minnesota, I was mm-hmm. so devastated. I was twelve years old and I was like oh, I, I have a career here. In Kansas City, <laughs> how could you possibly move me away from the new dinner theater? What will I do? Yes. <laughs> I, yes. Oh my God! A friend posted an Insta story. It was like a shot of a stage. I guess they're doing Dream Girls there right now. I want to say. Oh, and he posted he posted a photo of it, and I was like, "Is that the new theater restaurant?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Is that the Coterie it, Theater in Crown Center?" Because I know her. I, mean, yeah. I know her. Well. <laughs> wow, iconic. So then, what was your road from school to New York, and then um, to your first national tour, or or was Phantom first? 
Mm, well, so it took, as I said, it, like, it took me a hot minute because I just, I don't know. I don't know how you felt growing up there. I just was like, that's not a real job. That's not like a career. Or I never, I was, I don't know. I did shows in high school and I did a musical in college, but I was like, I was kind of shy. I was like really shy. I didn't really want to put myself... I think being queer, young, I spent so much energy trying to not be seen. Yeah. And and I knew you had to be incredibly vulnerable because that's what I gravitated towards. That's what that's what's working. That vulnerability is why we do this. Yeah. And so there was always this little hesitancy to just be that real. But that's born out of survival, right? And yeah. um so it took a long time for me to be brave enough. And then finally, it's just like, but there's always that, like, just the little, like, the, ga- the gas is still kind of on low. Like, mm-hmm. it's still in there. And I was like, after so many times of me trying other things, I was like, that's not doing it. That's not doing it. That's not doing it. I, and I just got brave. And I was like, just, just go to New York. Come on. And so it took me a hot minute. I feel like I was later in my 20s. Like, when most people came to New York and probably hung up their hat and said I've had enough I was just getting there yeah so I I I was starting the game late and I had to not I had to put my blinders on and not really think about numbers and ages and timelines and just kind of hustled but I also had no like real music theater training like I had to learn uh, like boots on the ground and make a fool of myself about 10,000 times (laughs) but but the whole thing kind of began because um I was having drinks with a guy I was friends with from Boston Lyric Opera. And he was like, you know what? My, my partner's music directing this weird play. It's an opera, but it's a play. And I was like, I'm not doing opera anymore. He's like, well, it's not quite that. He's like, come back, come back and speak to my, my, my partner about it. And I met him and I auditioned. And I got it. And to be quite honest, I still didn't even really know what it was. But it was Wallace Shawn had written a play for New Group. And they needed high school kids that could kind of sing this very operatic thing within the play. And somehow, after like hoofing it for a couple of years, I stumbled <laughs> into getting my card, getting my agent, being, getting my off Broadway debut, like in, with a, like an esteemed playwright in New York, like legend. And and uh, it got like it, then we started like hitting hitting the ground running with with stuff. So it was wow. it was by complete accident in a role that was specifically catered to whatever my skill set happened to be at the t- that time. Mm-hmm. And that's why now I'm like, things are divine. It is not up for me to understand. You know, when people Correct. are like, what's next after this? And I was like, the universe will tell me I'm not sweating it. You know, oh, like, I'll be, on, I'll, be, I'll be on the elliptical and <laughs> somebody's boyfriend's cousin will, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it is, it is, it is up. We we do the work. We make the connections. We bring the positive energy. But the 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 universe decides. I am reminded of time and time again. So that was the that was how it all began. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But Phantom, going back to um, being a Phantom slut. Yeah. Phantom, for me, was very similar in that at the beginning, I was just singing in clubs. I was like singing in like little dives in New York because I didn't know what to do, but I wanted to be singing. And I met a guy from Kansas City, and we became friends. And he was like, oh, I have this gig. I have this gig that I can't do. Do you want it? And I just said yes. I didn't even ask what it was yet again. Had no idea. (laughs) And when I got there, it was for New York Festival of Song, was doing a tribute to Hal Prince at Carnegie Hall. What in the hell? And it was out of the blue. And it was it it was um, uh, Judy Kay and Lisa Vroman. It was like... All these incredible people, and the day came, and like here I am singing "You're Gonna Love Tomorrow" with Judy Kay, and how Prince is front center next to Carol Burnett and Joel Gray, <laughs> and oh I got to God. meet him, and and that was lovely, and and then shortly thereafter I auditioned for Phantom in Vegas, and then that was like the first big like production contract I did too. So that was that's how I got into the Phantom Machine. That is incredible. And so who were your people in Vegas? Was that with Sierra? Yes, I was on the tail end. So it was right before I joined and Sierra was still there and Elizabeth Loyacano was the other Christine. Mm-hmm. But it was it was like a few months before she was about to do Little Mermaid. So she had just like it was like her life was just on the brink of becoming megawatt. Yeah. Wow. And she was fun. She was like just fun and fierce, and I love running into her in the city because it's like it's like, hey girl, like, oh, hey girl. <laughs> well, she because it's I mean, like you know we're at the beginning of things, you know. Yeah, and she, it's crazy, she, and, and she's become such an icon already. And of course, I mean, she her Christine is the ultimate, the, the ultimate, ultimate, and she tells stories about like being in Vegas and how it was like a different production entirely because it was like twice the size, and they you know. Yeah. configured that theater for the show but oh um, it was incredible it was God, an 80 million dollar production tell me about it what was it like i mean did you have any desire to leave new york and perform in las no. vegas like that's a, no. that's a huge jump it was a huge jump and i i did not uh but i was just scared i mean to be quite honest i maybe had 80 bucks in my bank account. Of course. When I moved out, I had no money. Mm-hmm. And Vegas is all like, you know, flash and neon and huge and big. And I remember initially just being like, I didn't want to, I didn't really leave my hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, that first year they put us up in a, in an apartment. And I remember, honey, do I remember? I and this is Vegas because it's like there's just more everywhere is more space than New York to be quite honest. Well, but I remember going into this apartment and I had a car with a two car garage. But the real thing was I had a walk in closet that was the size of my Hell's Kitchen bedroom. Of course. <laughs> and I and I went into the closet 
and I called my mom and cried about it. Wow. <laughs> That's you know incredible. what I mean? I was, I was like, oh, I had a bed. I, I stayed in a box this size with, the, with only room for a bed for years. Oh, my first like, New York City bedroom, I could lay in my bed and touch both walls. Yes. Like, yes. girl, I know the tea. Yeah, I tucked the bed into the wall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when you're making it and you're, like, tucking in the little corners, it's ridiculous. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was it. Yeah. So and what was um, it your, was a great... What was your casting like? Like, did you... Were you um, cast as Raul or were you um, covering a no, bunch I of was, people on the show? No, I was covering... I was, like, the marksman track covering Raul. And the tracks were a little different in Vegas. I mean, they cut an hour out of the show. It was 90 minutes long. Right. I mean, the, the special effects were out of control. The theater was built for the space. I mean, there's no way to really adequately describe how incredible it was visually. Yeah. But the, the chandelier itself were these three separate massive pieces that I don't know. It was a feat of engineering. They had them spiral in the air. And then collect into one unit and then go up. But when it fell, it dropped straight down at the rate of gravity. So if you were underneath it, you would feel like 20 mile per hour wind like hit you. And it would stop like right above your heads. It was incredible. Wow. And this is actually, this is a crazy story, but this is so Vegas. There is a famous story of a woman. And this actually happens a lot in Vegas because people are out of their minds. She (laughs) had been uh, partying. Drinking. And and she, you know, she was imbibing and she <laughs> got up and she walked to the corner of inside the house and there were all these big velvet curtains and she was wearing like a little micro minion heels. She squatted, <gasps> she, she wrapped the curtain around her, squatted on the carpet and peed in the theater on the ground. During the and performance. The, during a performance. Which, there are many stories kind of similar to this. And the ushers were like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh my God, what are you doing? And she's like, I didn't want to miss the chandelier. And they're like, ma'am, ma'am, you are an, you're an actual animal. Ma'am, like, priorities. Please, please you're, this, this is, you're just peeing on the carpet. What is wrong with you? People are crazy. People oh need help. Oh my God, Me- wow. Mental health. Mental health, I love it. Yeah, but it was, but it was that. I mean, point being, it was that stunning that people just couldn't even bring themselves to have um, common decency. Right. Wow. (laughs) Iconic. So then, what was it like to to go from that production, that version of the show, to doing Mm -hmm. it on Broadway? You were in the Broadway company for like like three ish years. Three. uh, Yeah. All said and done. Well. I left in 2010 because I really, I knew they were bringing this new version of Les Mis back. And I, I left kind of really being fixed on being like, I want to do that tour. And um, knowing I was coming to Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, I want to do that. So that was kind of, and then that was truly the tour. And then Broadway of Les Mis was six years of my life. Uh Um, So then I didn't join the, it wasn't until that was all said and done. And then I did like this little mini tour of secret garden, which they keep trying to bring to New York and it keeps falling apart. But um, it wasn't until I came back and I was talking to Kyle Barisic, who was an old Raoul. He's a dear friend of mine. And we were having brunch and he was, it was that era where there was like carousel and hello Dolly. And um, I forget what was that. 
um, Lincoln. There are all these like legit classic shows, and he was like, "They have no vacation swings. Like, you should just write, just send him an email." And I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, do it right now." And at brunch, I sent um, South Sklar an email and was like, "Do you need like I'm around? Like, I'm pretty sure I, I have costumes like in the vault." And he was like, "Actually, uh, yeah, let, yes, hold, and we'll make a let me make a call." And then I just joined as a vacation swing and. Wow. Like, right, yes. yeah, and I, it was amazing. And I did, like, you know, I started with one role, and then I covered, like, maybe seven or eight. Oh and I God. joined on the 30th anniversary, and my final show was the 35th anniversary. Wow. So it was incredible to be with that show then and see all of the changes, to be with it, to be in the room when we were coming back after the pandemic in that fall, to be a part of that and to see theater audiences come back and then, like, do the hard work during Omicron and how scary that was and yes. how shows were closing. And I, and every time I'd go to work doing like a triple or a quadruple split track and be like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Oh my God, this makes no sense. Yeah. And just kind of be a part of seeing it through and then seeing it to the end of the journey. And then to be asked to play Raoul, like to be in woods and be like, could, would you be interested? And I was like, this is a 15 year journey for me. Yeah. And it's one of those things we were talking earlier about, like, things come to you when you're ready. It's like, I loved the show. I was having fun in the show. I mean, I have family from that show. And when it was offered to me last year, (laughs) when I started in 2007, it's like, now I am ready to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it came to me when I was ready. Yeah. And you had played the role. You just weren't billed as the every night. The guy. Performance. Yes. Well. Yeah. Wow, how incredible and like full circle that you got to do that. And I mean, my God, to to be in the closing company of one of, if not the most iconic pieces of like theater. It's just, that's amazing. It was really, really special. And and Woods was so gracious about it. And I know they were concerned. And so we kind of had this deal where I was like, okay, they they do have coverage across the street. And you know, like the the theaters were across the street from one another. Right. And I was like, (laughs) okay, so... So I was like, okay, so if I go across the street to play Raoul, like, I can still be on call for you guys if, if like, shit should hit the fan. I can come across the street, and they have enough Raoul coverage over here, and they were okay with it, and they were gracious about it. Wow. And I had reached the end of my time as Raoul, and our schedules were such that, like, I was, the, on my last week, I was Raoul on a Monday, and then I needed to be Rapunzel's Prince on a Tuesday of that next week. And my brain was cottage cheese, but I, <laughs> at the St. James, the, you know, the front of the deck, the, the lip is kind of curved and the audience is right at the stage. And I will never forget this. We're, we're bowing and my forehead basically hits the forehead of the guy in the front row because we're that close. <laughs> yeah. And he's looking up at me and he's like, I saw you as Raoul yesterday. And I was like, and I'm bowing. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I saw you across the street yesterday. I can't. And he's ta- we're having a conversation as I'm bowing. I was like, oh, no my way. God. It was, it was so bizarre and so once in a lifetime. And, yeah, it was really, wow. really special. But, I mean, what a testament, too, to your brain and your ability to do that. I mean, I, I of course, will be asking you about Les Mis in a moment because I must hear about it. But I, <laughs> I want to ask you about your experience covering so many people and being a swing and being an understudy because mm-hmm. it... it is kind of insane what 
what these people do. I mean, I've only I've only swung one show, um, mm-hmm. but for people who you know have this lifelong experience of mm. doing split tracks or you know being dance captain and having to make like really quick tough decisions about like okay this person goes here right. I'm gonna do this whatever like tell me about what it's like to be in one of those huge shows like Phantom and to know it backwards and forwards so you could mm-hmm. essentially go on for anyone at the drop of a hat what is that like for you it is Initially overwhelming. It's you know, and you kind of have to parcel it down into you have to or get really, really organized in your brain. And I mean, at this point, I mean this is why like I, I struggled even figuring out how this like <laughs> podcast platform worked because my brain I truly am like I'm not smart <laughs> at all. I, I'm a moron. But I, I like I feel like you only have like so much bandwidth and now it's all like Sondheim lyrics. But um yes. I, I, I I I think it's 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 tricky. It's a journey, right? Like it, you learn one track, and just by doing the one track, you know this is like you're kind of eyeing. You're like, oh, I have to be here so that she can get around me. Okay, you start figuring out the puzzle. Like mm-hmm. I kind of go up above myself and see the traffic patterns. Yes. And then when you stop being stressed about it, it starts being. You can really see how the whole thing works, mm-hmm. and why it works well. You know, like you really start understanding the gene, like how Prince is a genius like we will never we will never know that type of fully like in every department as a producer and as a audience psychology person like right. how he was able to fully understand how theater works he is singular so i it was really understanding the brilliance of the choices and it makes you a good student you're like oh i see i see if she does that you can't it, it's not in the clear, so it's not reading. You you start seeing how uh, things work or don't. Yeah, you yeah. know. And um, and I was I, I don't know. I, I like school. I like being a student. I like figuring it out and figuring out how the puzzle works. And then after a while, with Phantom, I was so comfortable with it. You know, people would throw crazy situations, and they're like, "Can you be the conductor and the fop?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Yeah, sure. Let's try it." <laughs> <laughs> I love. I love. I don't know. Yes. Sure. We'll find out. We'll find out. And it's and it's about kind of like holding things a little bit loose, uh, a little bit loose and just knowing like, you know, theater is live and it's magical and it's not meant to be perfect. Right. And you have to give yourself gr- you have to give yourself grace, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a process, but I am so glad I had Phantom that was a safe space to do that prior to Woods, which had no mega dark broody budget it was like bright lights no set you and words go and so i was that is the how exposed that is is so vulnerable and scary that i am glad that i had that swinging experience and the other thing this is the other thing as much as i love phantom and you know and and that uh, experience that is a producing team that is old school yep that is like if you're going on, don't say anything. Don't post about it. Don't tarnish the brand, the brand. I am presenting. Yep. And Woods was different. In that, this was COVID. We had nine of us that were all brilliant and unique in our own specific ways. And and the whole nature of Woods was like, see how Cheyenne does this. See how Joaquina does this role. Like, come back and see everyone's take on it. And that um, that uh, level of excitement and encouragement extended to the team of covers. Yeah. 
And my brilliant, beautiful friend Delphi Borich had like a, a Wonder Studies of the Woods, and she did like a Love live Delphi. feed on Wednesdays. And it became, it like kind of like took off. And I will say, Jordan Roth and Drew Jamson, they just kept elevating us. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to someone who came to opening night when I was the baker at opening night. And she was like, I was there. And I was like, oh, my God. And she was talking about, like, she wasn't even, like, a theater person. And now she's a full-blown theater nerd. Wow. Woods was her entry, which was it was for me, too. And she was like, at the end, they brought all the understudies on. And she said the roof blew off the building. Like, they just came out and bowed. And the cast ex- exploded, and the audience exploded. And she was like, who are those people? And I was like, those are the covers. And she's like, is that normal? And I told her, I was like, no. No. But it, it, but it is now. Mm-hmm. It is now, baby. And, um, and, and if you have a producing team that's like, that elevates and says, guess what? So-and-so is playing this today. How cool. Yeah. And an audience member is going to be like, that is cool. I was there for that. And if a producer says... Oh no, a cover's going on. The audience goes, oh dang, which is a very common audience thing. Absolutely. Yeah, we saw the cover, we want our money back. But, but that script is flipped completely and we're not doing that anymore. But, I, but that attitude, how we teach an audience to receive something, comes from the very top down and I hope that has changed forever because I, I, it set a new standard. Oh, and 100%. I, I, you know what I mean? And, and it, it becomes this exciting thing where it's like, have you seen so-and-so do this and this? Yes. Uh, you know? And, and that gave uh, me a lot of room to be like, oh, you can see different facets of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, which we all are dimensional. We all can do many different things. And um, it allowed that excitement to just go out into the world, which is so important. And I, I teach a lot. So I was teaching at American University in D.C. And a girl there auditioned for once and she didn't get the role but she was covering it and she said I thought I felt pretty cool I felt like it was awesome and she followed the wonder study page and she's like yeah I think this is she was proud of herself for being entrusted to be that strong to cover and so it, it that attitude has already started filtering into schools where you know how like kids get so in their head like I want to be the star and you're like well that's Okay, kid, but like, right? If do you want to do it, you know, it's deeper than that, of course. And I and I think it's, I think, Woods had a little bit to do with starting to flip even how young people start viewing what that job even is. Hell yeah! And COVID, the whole like nightmare of that time changed the industry for many in many ways, but changed that. Oh my and gosh, that is really cool. Yeah, I I made my Broadway debut because of Omicron because they didn't have yeah. anyone else, <laughs> and yes. they were like, "Are you in New York City? Can you be here at seven p.m.?" Yes. Just craziness. But um, think of that opportunity, and then here here you are, and you're like, "This is what I do." Yeah, I'm, and it was a terrible time, but my God, it created a, a door. Yep. A hundred percent. A long like overdue said, door. I mean, like I, I love Delphi Borich. I worked with Delphi oh. before Into the Woods. We worked on ah. New York City hustle jobs at a restaurant yes. together. <laughs> and she then is she became so talented. I can't. I can't. I know. And then went oh into God. Camelot, covering Guinevere. My God. Um, yeah, icon. Yeah. She was my. We we made little jokes at the beginning because we were all so new and we hadn't really been rehearsed going in and. I was thrown on for Brian for opening night 
on wood, on Into the Wood and playing mm-hmm. the baker. And I was overwhelmed. I mean, that's three hours of nonstop. And Delphi was my savior. Oh. And she'd be in the wings with the script. And she would always joke. I mean, because she has the right temperament. She's smart. She's cool. And, oh, yeah. Uh, she's even keeled. And she had the script. And, and I'd be, like, scanning over everything. I'm like... And she said that all you would do in kind of like a flop set would look over the script and be like, okay, 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 okay. I would just say okay in about 10 different emotions and then go back on stage. She's like, yeah, I was watching like a full mental collapse in real time, but I was like rubbing your back. (laughs) I mean, that's, talk about fucking nuts being thrown on for like arguably the lead of into the woods on opening Mm-mm. night insanity no insanity and i had never really rehearsed like we had done your fault like right before because it's like i've never done it on right. stage the hardest sequence of the show yeah I, it was it was real nuts i would not advise that for a new one mental or physical health but my Very god yeah it happened yeah sure did lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, the time has come that I must ask you about one... Les Miserables, because you did it on the tour. It was your Broadway debut as Angel Ross. Tell Mm -hmm. me, tell me what this show is about, baby boo. Honey, she's a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) She is a long one. I mean, I was joking about this with Nancy Open. I was like, God... Bless me with a 90-minute musical. (laughs) These are long-ass shows, baby. Seriously. Um, Yeah, it is three. It is the hardest. I feel like it was like music theater boot camp. You know, like three hours of a sung-through show, which is like hard. Not just like challenging, but like hard singing. Like full-throttle singing and screaming and uh, like an investment and physical. Like it was... It was the gauntlet, you yeah. know? But um, I came out of that, even though it was, like, really dark and really tough. And, you know, you know, we probably had, like, some PTSD in there somewhere. But, like, the, <laughs> the people that I met and became friends and feel like they're my family, like, it, it's been a decade since that. It's been a long time since yeah. that happened. And um, they are all people that are in my life. They are, like, threaded into my life. They were, 
in my wedding party that like they are they we still show up for each other like it's like a bond like none other you know wow it's just one of those shows where it's like you had to serve you had to kind of like link arms and survive it you know totally but it is but it is so beautiful like it's undeniably beautiful you know and that production with the the watercolors and the projections is undeniably beautiful and i I was really really proud of it and how it affected people and it was really fascinating and cool to see and take it and to live with it for so long you know it's 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 a powerful show so you did it on the road first yes and then when it came to broadway that was when you said yeah i'm in bitch I'm in, baby. Yeah, I I started as like one of the students. I was fui, and then <laughs> I took <laughs> fui, 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 fui. Uh, and then I took over Zangeras, and then we transferred to Broadway, and I did the same kind of thing as well, you know. And then Kyle Scatliff, and then he took a break, and I stepped in for him then. So it was kind of like, yeah, the pattern repeated, but it was. It was it was the thing, baby. It was it, it yeah. felt iconic. It's like there really is no way to get around that score. It's just oh no, it it, it, it moves people absolutely. And did you have many um, Valjeans? Like, were what was the coverage in that show like? Were you only asked oh to God. cover Angel Ross? Uh, yes, that was the only thing I was doing. Amazing. Thank, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank God. Uh, we had a lot of amazing Valjeans. Peter Lockyer was a Valjean oh, on tour. Yes. Um, and, you know, he's just a love. Um, Ramin, you know, is, uh, like, Ramin is undeniable. Like, his oh, voice yes, is... yes, I still don't really quite get how it works. Like, the presence, like... It's built for the mega musical. Sure you know what is. I mean? Yes. Like, and he he's got like charisma to spare, and abs and pecs to spare. Absolutely. So he he you know he was like he he was really really great and yeah. So it was another thing that was fun to see, but it's a it's a it's a it was a big it's a heavy lift. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like for everyone, like you you feel the. You feel the the work. The it's it's a big show to carry for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine, especially on tour, when you don't have your just your home base and your like people who you can yeah. always go to and everything. But did you also yeah. did you um, rehearse that show like from yeah. from nothing to fully staged? Yeah, yeah. It was interesting to do that because we started we started rehearsing in two thousand and ten. Yes. But it, it, that iteration had kind of existed in London prior. Mm. So we could kind of tell there was a little bit of a shape, but it was figuring out what it is. And then also then bringing in a lot of new like leads, like Casey Levy and Will Swenson. Yes. And new people for Broadway. And so allowing them the process to figure out what that, what, what that is with their energies. And um, yeah, so it, it was quite the process. And, and Brits are very... There is like a... There's a toughness to a British sense of a theater rehearsal process. It's like it's like get in there, get in the mud. Uh-huh. You know, with that is a little different than other rehearsal processes. I sure. Found. But um, but yeah, it's, but it yields a result that is that is powerful. And um, my God, yeah. It, but it is funny. Like, should something like uh, like even a note or like dun dun? And I'm like, nope. And they like change it on Spotify. No, no. <laughs> Been yeah, there. Like six years is enough. I'm good. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. T-shirt, we're good. Did the yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we're good. Not need to hear it a single 
a single time more. <laughs> yeah. um, well, switching gears a little bit, I would love to hear about um, your experience being a teacher, a voice teacher. You mentioned it earlier, oh, yeah. but um, you know where where you shift from feeling like you are the student to maybe feeling confident enough or or experienced enough to offer your own. Um, opinions and expertise on being a voice teacher, but also I want to hear about um, your writing. You're writing a play yeah. called Heathen Hill. I I would love to hear where that came from and um, if it if it stemmed from your being a performer or if that's like a completely different avenue for you. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I I think all creative people. I mean, tell me if you're this way. I feel like we're all we're just creative people. You know, like. We, we like lots of different things and a lot of things stimulate us and turn us on. Or, sure. And I think at a certain point, at least for me, it's good to have an outlet that's not just about me and this shell that I'm in. And I, like, I want to not think about that anymore. I right. want, you know, and, and I think teaching is as much, I am just as much a student in doing that as I am teaching. And I, but yeah, you always have imposter syndrome with that kind of thing. But after a while, you're like, well, I've been in Les Mis for six years. And I could have just like completely had <laughs> vocal damage for the rest of my life. And <laughs> we, we came out on skate. We're doing okay. Yes. But, you know, I, I had gotten my master's and worked in opera. And, um, and so I had a little, I had a basis in classical technique that I like to bring to people. But I like to help people. Like yeah. I, came to, I came to New York not knowing my ass from my elbow and I had to learn by doing. And now I have kids that come to me and it's even more than just vocal technique or how to support your breath or whatever, what your rep is to me. I want to get to a healthy place with their psychology around themselves in their art sooner, faster. Yeah. So it's like where I'm like, if I can make your journey to wherever you want to be, quicker and easier. I want to do that because mine was not that uh-huh. I had to learn the hard way. So let me help you get there quicker. And I, you know, I had a student the other day and she was like, well, you know, in school, I kind of only always played these roles and was told I was this person. And I was like, can I take that boulder that you've been carrying around? And can we just like set that down? Can we like untether you from that thought? Because that's that's not a truth anymore. Right. You know, like whatever that is, like we're not telling those stories about ourselves anymore. Like, can we can we go beyond that? And um, and I think that's that's why I like teaching mm-hmm. because we all have these ideas about ourselves and our histories and our limitations. And so many of these people are just beautiful and talented in their own individual way. And actually, what will make them successful the best performer is already the ingredients that they are. Right. I think we, we always think we have to change or meld into something. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like just do what you are doing with confidence. Right. With, with positive confidence and things will come to you because you're just, your true self is shining and people respond to that truth. We don't respond to an artifice. You know what I mean? Right. And, and young queer people, we put up walls and it's it's hard to break those down to feel safe enough to do that. And that is my whole intention. Certainly. It's like, 
is like, let's just get to the realness of us because that's what people like to see. That's why we go to the theater. That's why we love our favorite singers is they're just a channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the writing was also a little bit of that too. Like I, I was doing Secret Garden in Washington, D.C. when Trump was elected. Boo-hiss. And I remember being like a ghost in a bush in tech at like 11 o'clock and Josh Young was having like a full absolute like meltdown t- with the election results yeah. and to to be in and I just was standing there in a in a bush being like what the fuck you know the world is changing yeah and to be in DC was staggering you know mm-hmm. and um to watch people respond and and to remember that fear you know yeah and I my impulse and I'm correcting this about myself my impulse is to be like what are you doing Get, get on the streets, help, do something productive. And I'm reminded time and time again that my advocacy is my art. Mm-hmm. And that art is powerful and it's important. And even when we opened in Kennedy Center, Judge Sotomayor came and she said, you are frontline workers. Wow. You are vital. You are healing hearts and minds and you are bringing people together and you are just like the nurse at the ER for people's spirits. Yeah. Like keep doing what you're doing. And I was like, I have to remind myself that every time tragedy strikes, that's like what we are not doing is inconsequential. It is vital. And, um, but at that time I was scared and I was reactionary, but when I, it all came to me, I wanted, I realized I wanted to just, I wanted to create my own art. I didn't want to be in all of these things that 10,000 people are trying to maneuver to Broadway. I just wanted to make my own stuff Mm -hmm. and tell my own stories and create my own worlds. And, um, yeah, that was the impetus for really starting to write with Ernest. I mean, I had been done writing in school and, you know, like in journalism school and stuff like that. And I had written my own poetry, but it was just the notion of coming to a point in my life where I wanted to be more in control of the stories I was telling. And to really be vulnerable about my own stories. And so, yeah, I wrote that play. And then I've been in the screenwriting world here for the past, like, five years or so, like, with features and TV. And so I am finding such a profound, like, love for that. It satisfies my soul in a whole different way. It brings me such joy. And so I am not questioning it. I'm just kind of, like, leaning in that... um, I'm leaning in that direction more and I feel like that will be like the next chapter of my life. You know, I, I kind of want to be less focused on, Oh, am I the right age or am I the right weight or am I the right vocal type? Like it's, it's, um, it's part of the business, but it's, it's, it's profoundly uninteresting to me anymore, (laughs) even though sometimes it's beautiful and wonderful, but it's like, I, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in making this stuff. Hell yeah. I love that. Fantastic! Yeah. I can't. I can't wait to get to hopefully experience some of your writing in in yeah. the future. Um, well, thanks. Yeah. Well, I have before I <laughs> before I let you go. I know I've taken yes, much dear. of your time. Before I let you go, I have yes, a series of musical theater rapid fire questions that I ask <sighs> all of my guests. Oh, honey. Okay. Are you ready to answer these questions? I'm scared. Rapid fire me, baby. Well, you should be because my first question (laughs) is about to be a doozy for you. Are you ready? (gasps) I'm ready. Yeah. Sondheim or Andrew Lloyd Webber? Sondheim. (gasps) Wow, that was fast. Okay. Sweatpants or jeans? 
Jeans. Do you have a favorite musical? Woods. <gasps> Love. Do you have a least favorite musical? Yes. <laughs> Can you tell me what it is? <laughs> oh, God. I feel like I will get in trouble. <laughs> Everyone cancel Jason Borbach. He is evil. Cancel me. Cancel me. Cancel me. Cancel me. <laughs> no. Uh, yes. Yes, I do. No, I, I don't want to say. Oh, yeah, okay. it's too... I, I, I think it's it, I think it's hugely loved and I, I I just feel I don't know yeah well mine is footloose I think it sucks okay <laughs> would you ever like to do a Broadway play hell yes oh my god I just saw Good Night Oscar and I was like oh, this is oh pristine it's so it was good. stunning it was inspiring and stunning. I was just like oh my god oh my yes. god that last oh god. that final sequence where he is just absolutely destroying the keys on the piano I, I, I was like oh. I want to meet I want to meet him and like bow down to him and and like what uh, to at this stage in the game to reinvent himself as 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 this like just pr- in, uh, transformative actor yes. after being pigeonholed in one specific thing right. especially as a gay gay man in this industry right. I was like I was like you better work you better work mm-hmm. yeah um are you a morning person or a night owl I'm a night owl. Same. Yeah. A favorite role you've ever played? Baker. Love. Are you a mm-hmm. coffee or tea person? Oh, um, like 12 gallons of coffee person. Yeah. <laughs> All of it. There isn't enough that works anymore. Correct. <laughs> what is the hardest show you've ever done? This. Into this the one. woods. Yeah. Fierce. Hardest, hardest... And most rewarding, like, you know, most Mm -hmm. Mm life-changing. Could you think off the top of your head of your biggest onstage mishap in a show? Oh, God. Uh, I mean, there are many. (laughs) There are many. Yeah, there are many. I mean, I've had, like, God, there was, like, with Angeras, like, we had these, these period trousers that just have the big front flap. Of course. You know, and I don't know why it had come undone, but it was like fully down. It was fully <laughs> like it is. It isn't just like your flies open. It's like you know, a foot of fabric <laughs> in front of your junk is fully open. And I was on stage and with little tidy um, whities with red polka dots are just out. Yeah, of yeah. Well, and I remember like we're doing the ABC Cafe, and my now husband was playing Grantaire, and he kept like looking at me, but like looking down and looking up, and I was, and I remember thinking like, "Babe, not now." Oh my god, we're flirting! I was like, "We're," fl- I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> and he was like, "And he was like, I was trying to tell you," and I was like, "That was you trying to tell me." <laughs> oh my god, that's you failed! Hilarious, you failed! Yeah, the whole t- the. Whole- the whole time I was like, oh, <laughs> not now. <Yeah. laughs> Put it on ice, babe. But I was like, <laughs> just exposing myself to 2,000 people. Oh, yeah. God, iconic. Well, who hasn't been there? Um, yeah. What is the best gift that you have ever received? Be- best, Just best gift in general? Yeah. Oh, my God. I will say on my, on my 40th birthday, I was gifted. My husband took me to Greece. Oh. And we went all over Greece, we were, you know, Athens, Santorini, all the islands, and then we ended at Mykonos, and when we arrived at our guest house in Mykonos, he had flown 
four of my best friends from like childhood and college and high school and they were all they were all in the house and surprised me and it was the best gift oh my I could God. have ever received. Wow, that's so magical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my last question is what mm-hmm. is one thing that you would tell young Jason? Mhm. Hate yourself less. Work. You're great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just just you don't have to be so hard on yourself. Mm. It's not that deep. It's not that hard. Love yourself more. Give yourself more grace. Stop torturing yourself. Shit ain't perfect. Just like do it for the like enjoy things. Yeah. Just enjoy, enjoy it. Um, that's what I tell him. Love it. Well, Jason, yeah. thank you so Ooh. much for being on the pod. This was so oh so God. fun. Thank you. Thank you. So nice to meet you and do this. I know. And I know so many people that adore you. So this, I'm so happy to oh my God. put it all together. Same to you. Everyone I, who I yeah. said was, I was like, well, Jason's going to be on the pod. They were like, oh my word. <laughs> <laughs> that old queen. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> can you tell the listeners where they can find you on socials? Do you do any social needs? Well, you know, I have eradicated most socials from my life, except for Instagram. So Good I'm just you. at Jason Forbach and... And insta me all that slide into those DMs. Yes. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's about it. Yay. Thank you so much for being here. You are such a delight. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. And let's hang out when I'm back in the city. Let's yeah? do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, that's it for another episode of Oh My Pod, you guys. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to the pod, and you can follow the show on Instagram at Oh My Pod, you guys. Also, feel free to shoot me an email at ompug at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.